Welcome to So It's a Show, a podcast where we attempt to keep up with Lorelai and Rory's pop culture references. I'm Taylor. I'm Kyla. And here's our special guest. Say hey, Hannah. Hey, guys. <laughs> we are so pumped tonight or today or whatever time you are listening to this, whether it's dusk, dawn, evening, afternoon, tea time, <laughs> second breakfast. Okay, all the options. All the options. <laughs> We uh, today have a special guest, Hannah from Film Roast, is joining us for a roasting movie discussion. I'm so excited to be here, and what better movie than this one? <laughs> well, and did you want to say a little bit about your podcast, Hannah? I think the name kind oh. of gives you an idea, but just in case. <laughs> just a little concept. Yeah, sure. So I am the co-host of Film Roast. I co-host my show with my buddy from college, Julia, and we describe ourselves as over-caffeinated and under-qualified. Uh, we go through movies, talk about the good, bad, and the ugly, and have a great time. And I can speak as a non-invested member, I guess. I'm not on the podcast, but I can speak to its hilariousness. And you guys have gotten through me through many a long work day. So, thank you. Oh, I, we appreciate that. And <laughs> thank you so much for being such a big support of our show and Lady Pod Squad and all the things. Like, we love members like you. So, thank you so much. Yeah, Lady Pod Squad, group of lady podcasters. We've mentioned Ooh. it a couple times on the show, but Hannah is one of the founders. Correct, right? Yeah. Back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, I thought, <laughs> you know what? Women need podcasts, too. <laughs> uh, what a novel yes. idea. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. And as we were just talking about before we recorded, um, we are a little bit unique because we are a niche podcast in that we are Gilmore Girls and then sub of that pop culture references. But I guess I should start and ask, Hannah, what is your experience with Gilmore Girls? So I feel like when I was asked to come on here, I felt like I was going to have to like take some sort of lashings or something because <laughs> I have never in full seen Gilmore Girls. And I feel like that's a sin, not only because I'm 27 and I'm on your show, but also because I'm a middle class white girl and it's like the quintessential show and I have not yet watched it. So I'm I'm on season one. I watched the episode we're going to talk about today oh, specifically. Nice. And I caught some some Milo Ventimiglia, which I'm all about. Love. So um, all good things so far. I'm going to finish it. It'll just take me a long time. Well, there's seven seasons. It takes some time. <laughs> yes. A Plus bit. the revival. So yeah. <sighs> Plus the, yes. Yes. <laughs> You've got a lot to get through. But have you had any spoilers on the show yet? Shockingly, no. I think it was like one of those weird, happy long-term things where everyone kind of has stopped talking about it at this point right. where I can start it up again. Like, I'll, I'm also just starting Sex in the City and, like, I know nothing about it. <laughs> and I'm like, this is fantastic because I know nothing. So it's great. That's nice to be able to go back to those shows that, yeah. right, that no one has spoiled. Actually, I started watching, I finished uh, Dawson's Creek not too long ago. Oh. And, like, I knew nothing about it. And Sure. Now I know it all, and I bought the Entertainment Weekly 20th Anniversary <laughs> magazine. Beautiful. And I lucked out on the West Wing. I just finished that last week, and there were a few things I'd heard here and there, but vi I was surprised mm -hmm. how little I knew when I finished it. I was like, wow, that really yeah. was like I was watching it when it was on, almost. Crazy. Yeah. Good for us. Well, we'll try and avoid spoilers then for you in our conversation. Oh, right. That'll be hard for you guys. Don't feel like you have to. Okay. It's okay. Well, I don't think it'll be quite as dependent as some other... Like yeah, some other unless you're like, oh, that part where Lorelai died in that car crash. I'd be like, no! <laughs> well, some of our pop culture references, they go on to use the same reference later in the show, but... This time, they really do it one other time, and it's just in a list of terrible movies, and it doesn't really tell you anything new. <laughs> so, that shouldn't be a problem in this episode. Perfect. How about this? For every spoiler we accidentally share, we will also share a fake spoiler, <laughs> and then you won't know like what to it. believe. That's fair. I agree. Okay. Keep you on the cool. edge of your seat. <laughs> So, Taylor, what episode are we talking about? So, today we are talking about Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 8, called The Ins and Outs of Inns. And Clever. 
And the IMDb episode summary really has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. <laughs> good, good. But it's when Lorelai and Suki have their first fight of their long friendship when, upon hearing that the Independence Inn may be sold, Lorelai panics and decides that their shared dream of opening an inn together is doomed to failure. Wow, that was a run-on sentence. Thank you, IMDb. <laughs> So that's the A plot of Lorelai and Suki, but we are going to be talking more about a B plot of basically Jess Mariano has come to town and is causing all sorts of shenanigans. <laughs> Him and his leather jacket. Yes. yes. Did you have any questions as you were watching, Hannah, that things that were confusing having only seen part of the first season before? Um, I think this episode, I was a little nervous about that. I think I could follow this one pretty well. Like, there's not anything too grand unless it just went way over my head. Every, like, five seconds, though, I was like, oh, supernatural guy. Oh, this is us guy. Oh, uh, mom or sister from parenthood. Like, there was just, like, so many, you know, memorable faces, which obviously this was long before those. But I'm, Mm. you know, late to the game, so to speak. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, if you have any questions, just holler. We've watched the show a few times. (laughs) (laughs) So, in this episode, though, they had one of one of the best parts of the show. I would argue, actually, is the town hall meetings. Hannah, I'm sure you've seen a few of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty solid moments from the town. You get to see all them together. And they're kind of upset at Jess, and they all decide to air their grievances. At Luke. The charges against your nephew are numerous. He stole the Save the Bridge money. He gave that back. He stole a gnome from Babette's garden. Pierpont was also returned. He hooded one of my dance classes. He took a garden hose from my yard. My son said he set off the fire alarms at school last week. I heard he controls the weather and wrote the screenplay to glitter. So, Kyla and Hannah, what did you think when you heard this clip? I didn't know, but glitter didn't sound like it could be so bad. Who doesn't love glitter? I knew exactly what she was referring to. This is a movie that I have been avoiding for years, and I watched <laughs> specifically for you two because I'm so dedicated to your show. Oh, and let me tell you, she nails this joke on the freaking head, man. <laughs> I think I'm about where you were. I knew it was a notoriously bad movie with Mariah Carey. And that's, Mm -hmm. but I had never seen it, obviously, because who in their right mind goes out of their way to watch Glitter? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, but if you never, if you don't read anything about it, if you haven't heard anything about it, Mm -hmm. it looks like a pretty sparkly, you know, singing, making dreams come true kind of movie. So (laughs) I can see how people would just watch it, stumble upon it. And it is free on Hulu if you have a Hulu account. So yes. I, which is how I watched it. My sister let me mooch off her account <laughs> and because I did not want to pay for this movie. And yeah, that like, if you were just scrolling through Hulu, trying to find a movie to watch, you might go, Oh, Mariah Carey. Why not? <laughs> right. So, uh, this movie, I guess we should share what it actually is. So feel free to jump in. Anybody? Oh. Well, let me tell you, (laughs) this movie is about a singer who falls in love with a DJ named Dice, okay? (laughs) this No, this does not get better, you guys, if you've never seen it. And then she gets into the music business, and they fall in love, even though Dice is literally the worst human I've ever watched in a movie. He's not nice or he's terrible. And he's not a... I'm sorry. Your music is terrible, Dice. Get out of here. Pick a new profession. And essentially, they just have this... What's supposed to be an epic love story, and it's not. And meanwhile, Mariah Carey is, like, trying to star in what she considers a musical, and all the songs are just terrible. So... Yeah, they were all just Mariah Cara... Mariah Carey (laughs) sounding, like, soft... They didn't fit because they were just trying to use only her style of singing. And then there's... It didn't move the story. Yeah, well, and then there's this weird subplot 
which starts out like it's going to be the main plot of her mm-hmm. mom. So her mom, <laughs> right. she gets taken away from her mom when she's a kid because her mom falls asleep while smoking and sets the house on fire. And so then she goes to a group home, which, like, you're like, oh, this is sad. And in the first ten minutes of this movie, I was like, well, if this is a story about her trying to reconnect with her mom and stuff, I was like, well, maybe this won't be so bad. And I kid you not, (laughs) I stopped to check the time. It was 14 minutes and some change, and I was like, nope, this is not going to be a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did that multiple times. And even Mariah Carey herself in, like, 2009 was like, yeah, I regret making this movie. (laughs) This movie's bad. (laughs) I actually... When I was researching for for coming on this show, I found this Yahoo question, and I was, like, crying. It was, like, (laughs) in an episode of Gilmore Girls, Lorelai says, he wrote the screenplay to glitter, like the number two, you guys. And then they said, what does this mean? What is glitter? I think it's a movie or a book or something, but what is it? Like, they had no idea. And I was, like, yes, these people think this is a book, and I love it. Because that's what screenplays are, right? Yeah. Basically books. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, So she makes it big in the music biz Mm -hmm. because, you know, she's Mariah Carey and this is a movie. And uh, lo and behold, shocking twist, but her new music, what are they called? Where you sign? Contract? The people. The label. Oh. The label, they don't want her to stick with her original creative direction and her boyfriend Dice, which that never happens, right? (laughs) So, the classic, classic choosing me and my art, or the money and the big wigs and the suits. And she kind of chose the big wigs. Kind of, yeah, she basically did, but it wasn't even, it didn't seem like she made a choice so much as she chose not to choose. Like, she just kind of <laughs> like, sure, I'll wear the bikini. Like, right. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And what. Kyla's referencing here is a music video shoot in which they get a supposedly huge director in which they throw glitter all over the place. And this director (laughs) makes her get rid of her two best friends as her backup dancer. And her boyfriend, DJ Dice, tries to stick up for her because apparently she has no gumption at all. He does all the talking for her. And the way... (laughs) She is uncomfortable wearing this silver bikini, and so she wants to hold a gauzy sheet around her for modesty's sake, which is see-through. So that makes sense. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, it's a hot mess, this music video. Yeah. I'm trying to think, are there any other subplots in this really important deep movie that we're missing we got, oh, Terrence Howard. We haven't talked about yeah. Terrence Howard yet. Mm-mm. <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> His name is Timothy in this movie. How precious. Yeah, okay. So, so at the beginning of the movie, Timothy signs up Mariah Carey and her gal pals in a contract. <laughs> mm-hmm. And right. then DJ Dice tries to buy out their contract for a hundred thousand dollars of which i'm assuming there's a reason he can't pay timothy for but one thing were they actually signed i don't know yeah i didn't understand that and also like she's a terrible friend because (laughs) they were like all brought on together and then she kind of just abandons them and then when uh dice is being a real jag in the limo to them he calls one of them fat and then he calls one of them like i think what is a racist like remark or something and they are like we're getting out of here and they're like are you coming billy and (laughs) billy just is like I have to stay. Like, she doesn't say it, but she says it with her face. Yeah. Like, I can't get out of this limo. And it's like, dude, I would not be friends with this girl. She is terrible. Well, I mean, terrible. she tries to include them. She <laughs> music video. Remember that? She tries yeah. for a hot second. And this is after DJ Dice has informed Mariah Carey that she is not properly <laughs> dressed. DJ yes. Dice. He, like... I don't know. What would you call that? Like slut shaming? 
Well, but she's not doing slutty things. <laughs> exactly. That's why I don't know what it is. <laughs> like dress shaming, um, modest shaming, <laughs> lack of modest shaming. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but he makes comments about what she's wearing all the time, and I really hated that. Yeah. Okay, and while we're talking about clothes, I have a really important question about something I didn't understand. This is supposed to take place in 1983, question mark? Was it really? <laughs> yes, this is accurate. But they're all dressed like it's 2001, am I right? <laughs> yeah, that looked like a 90s, 90s dress, like Absolutely. 2000. I, that's, I think, why I was so confused. I didn't know why they needed to set it in 1983. When they have a guy at a club wearing a shirt with compact discs on it, and DJ dies, <laughs> goes out of his way to say, nice shirt, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure that we saw the shirt. <laughs> it's essential. Mm-hmm. I do have to, like, I give this movie its credit, you guys. This was nominated for multiple awards. What it was? Yes. Razzie what? Awards. Meaning <laughs> it was so bad that people were like, you know what? We're going to give this an award for being terrible um mariah carey won for worst actress of the year and it was also nominated for worst musical (laughs) that's awful that makes me sad (laughs) it 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 was nominated for like six things i will vouch for mariah carey she did the best with what she could in this movie i actually felt like her performance was believable (laughs) in a in an unbelievable movie I felt like she was all right. Well, I mostly just feel bad for her because this was actually supposed to be like her star vehicle. So it was supposed to be like what like boosted her into movies and Mm -hmm. it just did so bad. And then she that was right around the time she had that mental breakdown. And this is probably a big part of that. So, yeah, I just kind of feel bad for her, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think it was a very good use of her talents overall, because, again, it just... Even her style of singing and the the vibe of the movie, um, you know, very. I I think it should it it started out more. I don't know what you want to call it, but like her, she came lower class, like single mom, no money, mm-hmm. went to a group home. But her her music was so, like, poppy, and she didn't seem to have some of the. I don't know like uh emotional issues that not that she didn't seem to be working through some of the emotional things that happened to her mm-hmm. no like at the end of the movie when mm, spoiler yes. alert <laughs> terrence howard after not getting his money for some reason there's never oh. any explanation for why dice can't get him the money right he just doesn't want to like he appears to be working as a DJ. He never says, I'll get mm-hmm. you your money on this date. He just he has a nice doesn't. apartment. <laughs> exactly. He, so unclear why, but Terrence Howard has had it. <laughs> so, and this is like not funny in real life, but the way it's done is so bad. He gets out of a car and there's Terrence Howard, right? Or steps out of his apartment. There's Terrence Howard. Mm-hmm. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard pulls out a gun and shoots him right in the heart. Like, after three seconds. Yeah, I mean, Dice had beat him up earlier. So he was mad about that. Yeah, and he also, like, made a weird pit stop to their apartment (laughs) where she she was at. And he's like, I don't want to hurt you, but I will. But I'll just leave now. (laughs) I was like, wait, what's happening? (laughs) Very confusing. Unclear how he got in their apartment or what his goal was. Oh, yes. So then... To get his money that he felt was owed him, but I'm not sure why it was owed him. Because was there a contract? No. (laughs) I don't know. Apparently there was, but nobody knew about it except Timothy. Yeah. (laughs) So after DJ Dice, we see him get shot. And then cut to everybody waiting, all of Billy's people, her terrible publicists, all the label people, waiting backstage at her show at Madison Square Garden. And none of them know where Billy is. And they're like, don't worry, she'll be here. <laughs> she'll be here. The crowd's waiting. She'll, she'll come. 
they turn on the news and the most unbelievable news reporter in the world comes on <laughs> and announces that DJ Dice has died. <laughs> Which he's not even a big deal. <laughs> no. And also, like, the perfect timing you would need to turn on the TV and be like, oh, that's what's happening. Just no idea. And then Mariah Carey walks in backstage, unclear if she's been at the hospital, if she knows that he died until she walked in and saw the news report. And then she promptly walks on stage to sing her song and give a speech about how you never know when the people you love are going to be gone. So you got to hold on to them while you got them. And this is literally two minutes after she yes. found out her love of her life, DJ Dice, died. <laughs> right. How did, I mean, there wasn't a tear. No. She changed and <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> Not even a little bit. And also, like, he had just, like pretty much just lied to her about this whole Timothy weird contract situation. <laughs> so, like, what is she regretting at this point? It's really on DJ Dice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the beginning of the film, when DJ Dice... I love saying <laughs> that. Uh, when he first talked to her about producing her, he said, I think you're going to be huge, which... Well, in reality, yeah, Mariah Carey is a big deal. She, like, invented Christmas, I heard. (laughs) But he said, you know, like, selling out Madison Square Garden, huge. And so then, you know, she sells out Madison Square Garden. You see on the big marquee, sold out. Mm. But here's my question. Has she ever done a concert before? Before this, except for (laughs) appearances in clubs. This was her first. Yes, she's never. She's not even on tour. She's done. She's had a concert. Oh my gosh, you're right. This is the first time we see her in a concert. She's so lucky. That is insane. So lucky. Yes. I'll tell you what my issue was with this movie. My biggest (laughs) issue. Just one. My favorite part of this stellar dialogue was when they were sitting together in in DJ Dice's apartment. And she's like, I have a surprise here. (laughs) And he's like, oh my god, a keyboard. Like, cool. First of all, yay. But then on top of that, he's like, nobody's ever bought me anything. And she's, she's like, oh. And I'm like, wait, nobody in the history of time in your whole (laughs) life has ever bought you anything? Like, it could have been, no one's ever bought me something this nice before. Or like, nobody's ever got me such a meaningful gift. But instead it was like, no one's ever bought anything for me ever before. I noticed that too. (laughs) Ridiculous. I think... DJ Dice, so confused. I think my other favorite line is when they go on their first date to dinner and they go to this nice restaurant and they put this plate in front of her and she's like, what is this? And he's like, it's escargot. It's fancy snails from France. (laughs) Hilarious. Also to add to that, when he's like, they don't like your solo song because it's too woe is me. And she's like, woe is me? What does that mean? And I'm like, how do you not know what that is? Your whole life is that. (laughs) Come on. They kind of hit every cliche in the books, though. Like, you've got the snails, like, oh, my gosh, fancy people eat snails cliche. How about the jumping out, oh, my gosh, I'm on the radio cliche. (laughs) Oh, that was so bad. That was so bad. When he was, like, dancing with a homeless man, I can only (laughs) presume. (laughs) What? Um... I mean, there are just so many little things that they hit on, like, every stereotypical music career thing. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, somebody used your voice to sub for a really bad singer and you took advantage of your great singing? (laughs) Wow, you should have your own record deal instead of ghost singing for this terrible singer. (laughs) Right. Also, what about the very confusing single emotional moment with about her mom where there's a homeless woman walking down (laughs) the road singing beautifully right and I was like is that her mom like my Carrie was just looking at her watching her and then I was like wait why aren't you gonna talk is that your nope and she just walked on by and it wasn't her mom and I (laughs) was 
so confused. So confused. That was so odd. Also, just the ending in general. Like, yeah. I understand, like, you have a tough life. Okay, you... You fell asleep smoking a cigarette, classic parenting mistake, and now you have to give up your child, whatever. But, like, she's like, I love you so much. I'm going to find you. And then it's like, just kidding. I'll leave you alone for 30 years, and then, like, we'll reunite. Like, she never once tried to, like, find her. It was like she had to go through all this, like, work to find her. And then who delivers the news? DJ rip dice who's like yes <laughs> in a letter i found your mom kc <laughs> terrible and this is in a letter he wrote her before he died and she's reading it right after yes. she finds yes. out he died exactly after the concert yeah. her first I mean, concert she's done the concert and then she goes straight from the concert in her ball gown to her mom's beautiful little like southern country home in maryland and out she comes not homeless right not singing doing totally fine yeah (laughs) without her and her daughter is famous like she was famous at that point billy and she's still going by her real name so there's no confusion about who it is her mom didn't even try guys like not zero effort at all yeah and i actually thought that billy mariah carey Mm -hmm. that her mom gave her up I didn't know that it was like CPS because it felt like her mom. No, I think she did. I think she was like, oh. you just have to go. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, okay. Take the cat. Bye. <laughs> yeah, also the cat. Like, what type of CPS is like, but you can keep the cat. Like, nobody. <laughs> no one. And then the cat mysteriously ends up at the end of the movie, shows up again when she <laughs> leaves. Didn't even she didn't She's holding the same cat. <laughs> I didn't notice the cat at all. That's how she became friends with her two friends. Oh, right. And then when she leaves DJ Dice at the end of the, like, (laughs) almost toward the end of the movie, when they have their little breakup moment, she brings the same cat years later. (laughs) That cat should probably be dead. Still alive. (laughs) And, okay, while we're just, now that we're just roasting this movie, I just, there's so many good moments. I think, you know, have you ever watched Star Wars and thought, this is the line that got Padme to kiss Anakin about how he hates sand and how it's rough and coarse and gets everywhere? In this movie, it's him playing the marimba when she says, I don't want to go up to your apartment. I'll stay for three minutes, but that's it. I know why you want me to come to your apartment. But then he plays the marimba, and she's like, oh, I'm here for it. And she kisses him, and they spend the night together because of the marimba. And how perfect was her hair? How perfect was her hair after their sexy time? It was, like, (laughs) flowing across the pillow, wavy. I noticed that a couple times. I was like, no, no. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, I think we've done a pretty good job summarizing the events of this movie. I think so. Really good. So I have a little bit about the production. Mariah Carey has, you are right, said this was not a good career move. (laughs) She apparently, though, was working super burnout levels in the months Mm. leading up to Mm -hmm. its release. Like, she was getting two hours of sleep a night because she was filming music videos, working on the production for this album, also starting to film for a second movie that she was going to be in. So when she's not healthy. Not at all. So she had an exhaustion breakdown in July, mm. and this movie was supposed to come out in August, and they pushed it back to September because of all of her crazy exhaustion because they wanted her mm. to be able to promote the movie. And then... Here is the thing that she often has blamed the terrible performance of this movie on. And I just take with it what you will. She's kind of redacted it down the road by saying she never said this, but she did. (laughs) She kind of blamed it on 9-11 because the 9-11 is when the soundtrack came out and then the movie came out 10 days later. 
And so she has made a comment like, well, 9-11 happened. It's... Oh, so I could kind of see what she meant by that because people were a little preoccupied, probably like not going to the movie out of, you know, going many places because of fear. But yeah, sure. I mean, box office wise, I think mm-hmm. it made like, what, five million and it cost over 20 million. Yep. So no, it didn't do well. <clears throat> and sure, that's fair. But saying that the movie's bad because of 9-11... <laughs> Right. That, that is false. This movie's just bad on its own. Yeah. Well, actually, I think her quote to Andy Cohen was, he asked her why about the film flopping. And she says, there was mm. no script, darling. And it was released on 9-11. Okay. So, I mean, She'll at least there was no you, script? That's what she what said. What mean? I don't know. <laughs> that's what she Yikes. said, though. On the, when she was talking to Andy Cohen... That makes sense. I mean, like, I could totally see that quote being taken now and just ripped to shreds on Twitter, mm-hmm. but I get what she's saying. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably not... If that had just happened and I was living in New York, I would probably not be up for a Mariah Carey movie. Just saying. Yeah. Right. And I will say the reviews were not kind of this movie as well. And I think we would have fit right in in actually a New York screening of it. Mm-hmm. So in the New York Times review, they went to a screening with a bunch of people. And they said, Throughout a screening in a Times Square theater the other night, the audience erupted repeatedly into laughter at scenes intended to carry emotional weight. Oh. And it says, <laughs> Including a moment when her marmalade-colored cat whiskers whose sudden reappearance later in the film perhaps by then at the age of 200 in cat years gives glitter its biggest unintended laugh oh <laughs> yep oops and then at the end this is one of my favorites the last sentence of the review glitter is rated pg-13 it includes some crude language appropriate to its characters and a sex scene shown through slats that made the audience laugh <laughs> <laughs> oh, one last that jab. Yeah. It is perfect. And I also was reading that she in that same interview I think with Andy Cohen or maybe it was a different one, she like refers to the movie now as the G word yes. and she's like nobody talks about this. This is the G word. Don't say the G word. Uh Okay, now here is a question that I still have. Why is it called glitter? Here's what I found out. The working title was going to be All That Glitters. Ah. And then they knew the inevitable pun of is not always gold. (laughs) I don't know why they changed it. Because other than just the glitter streaks on her arms and chest and back Mm -hmm. that she wears the whole movie, I don't know. The glitter streaks on her arms? She has like a swatch of paint on almost some part of her body in almost every oh, scene. They're like tied. It looked like they're kind of like tied around her, like a ribbon. It's just paint. There's like a brush of paint Is on it her. Paint? Yeah, of silver paint. And there are moments where, like, special effects. There's like glitter around her head, but that sh- probably shouldn't be the reason for a title. No. Right. Uh, okay, new title for it. Go. Um, even Glitter the Billy Frank story might have worked better, except then you think it's about a real person <laughs> in 1983. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some careers are just a roll of the dice. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> dice. Uh, I would love to work the cat in there somehow. (laughs) All right, that's all I got. Billy and Whiskers. There we go. That would have been a better story already about Billy and her cat that lives forever. Because clearly there's some magic going on there. (laughs) 
Uh, I'm reading this article in Cosmo that just has some of the worst reviews, and it's just, it's just hilarious. (laughs) Miss Carrie has the voice of a dove, but sad to say the acting range of a parakeet. (laughs) About as as fresh as rancid Chinese food. (laughs) Jennifer Lopez has never made a film as bad as Glitter. (laughs) Like, that's just, oh, poor thing. It's rough. I would like to say that in a different movie, Mariah Carey might be better. I know she kept getting film roles, so maybe they found a better one for her down the road. Here's hoping. I mean, I'm sticking with, I didn't think she was that bad. I thought she did fine. But maybe it's because she was just being herself, because she is actually a singer. And there were a lot of things... They did not set her up for success. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess I guess my feeling was that she was believable. Like, she didn't come across as awkward or practiced. You know, she seemed True. relaxed. But her character probably shouldn't have been so, like, starry-eyed and, okay, yeah, great. Because, like, she was betrayed by her father, by her mother, like, all she had was a cat, and now she's just like, great, DJ Dice. Oh, sure, I'll be the backup singer. I don't care. Like, where was her... She's got to have some inner strength mm-hmm. to be where she is, because you can't, you can't come from nothing and be something without developing that. I don't think she makes a single choice throughout the whole movie. I think everything no. just happens to her. Yeah. Right. She has, like, no character arc at all. DJ Dice all. is the one who's Mm-mm. like, I'll make you a star. Don't you want to sing right. at Madison Square Garden? That wasn't even her idea. <laughs> right. It wasn't. <sighs> oh, boy. So maybe they just made it up as they went along. Maybe that's what she meant when she says there's no script, darling. You play? Yeah, I think it's, you know, really important as a producer to be able to play. Like... One of my favorites, Quincy, Quincy Jones. Oscar awards, Grammy awards. He started as a musician. What's this, like a xylophone, like in kindergarten? <laughs> Similar to the xylophone, but a little different. This is this is actually called a marimba, and uh, that's one of my favorite instruments. Can you move down a little, please? Thank you. reference we're talking about Jess is blamed for having <laughs> written the script to glitter so I looked up who the writer was and thought is he comparable to her I don't know so it was written by Kate Lanier who has also written is known for other movies like Beauty Shop and Set It Off What's Love Got yeah. to Do With It to name a few Crazy Sexy Cool, the TLC story, a TV uh-huh. movie you may have heard of. <laughs> Maybe. And one thing I noticed with all of these movies is that a lot of them are starring people of color, uh, Queen Latifah's in two of them, and she's awesome, really, like, strong, strong woman. And they're all coming from kind of rags to riches but you know and set it off is a movie about uh it's a heist movie from 1996 and it stars people who weren't that big at the time and now i would say that they are we've got queen latifah jada pinkett smith Hmm. vivica fox and kimberly elise um who is lesser known but there's also john c mcginley mcginley blair underwood couple of guys but the women in here they each had their own tragedies one woman lost her it was either boyfriend or significant other to a police shooting and this came out right after soon after the la riots and it was set in downtown la so it was definitely um the attitude towards 
authority was definitely influenced by the rioting and Queen Latifah, she had been in that jail and the youngest woman, she had a baby, but the father was absent. So they all had their own things that were going on and they decided to rob banks to have some money because they're like, this is about the only way we're going to get anywhere. And so it's funny, but it's also pretty sad considering, spoiler alert, is that okay? Yeah. All but one of them dies at the end. Oh. And they each have their own, like, dramatic death scene shootout. They all get killed by the cops, except for the one who gets away. So another, a movie where women are coming, women of color are coming from rough pass and trying to make their way. Of course, they didn't become stars, but they did get a cash flow, which was huge for each of them. So that movie was one, though, where you saw the struggle and you saw the reason for what they're doing now, whereas Glitter was just... I had a hard past, you guys, but then it doesn't really... It doesn't play a role in her journey. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this was one that Kate Lanier wrote that had a little more ups and downs and I think I actually like saw it in a hotel room once it was on the TV and it was it was entertaining I didn't see the ending though which I'm kind of glad for because <laughs> depressing but Kate I could not find much on her at all so she's kept her life really imp- you know really private I did reach out to her though so maybe we'll have a follow-up interview so that's the writer Kate Lanier and beauty not much out there yeah she has it doesn't have tons of credits but i know beauty shop was a fairly successful movie yeah that was a funny one i i think i saw most yeah i did watch that so that wasn't much insight into who the writer is but it's all i got (laughs) well not to dig too deep into our archive but last season we talked about ishtar and the director elaine may and we talked about the concept that a lot of times when women filmmakers make something not so great, they don't really get a second chance, whereas plenty of male mm-hmm. filmmakers do. And I wonder if that's another example mm-hmm. of that. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure when I have to see the order of her movies. Because when did Glitter come out? 2001. 2001. 2001. And I think the Tina Turner one was early 2000s. Or, I mean, early 1990s. Yeah. The What's Love Got to Do With It, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that was 93. Yeah, Beauty Shop came after Glitter. So did Crazy Sexy Cool. So she went on to keep writing. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Crowd's going crazy out there. Where is she? I don't know. Has anyone heard anything yet? I don't know what to say, Jack. I'm sure she's on her way. <sighs> Maybe she's with Dice. No, we keep calling, but nobody's answering. So. Mm. I'll get it. Maybe this is her. Hello? Peter, turn on the TV quick, Channel 9. Yes, thank you. The latest, Tanya. Julian Dice Black, the New York City DJ who discovered music sensation Billy Frank, was found dead in Lower Manhattan mm. earlier this evening. Oh. Dice, as he was known in music circles, was the victim of a gunshot wound to the chest. Police are ruling his death a homicide, and at present, no suspects have been apprehended. I'm Tanya Kim for NYC News. Let's hope she wasn't with him. So I would say I understand this reference, but I think it can be looked at in a couple ways. What about you guys? I mean, yeah, I think think I get it. I think basically Lorelai is just making fun of how everybody thinks he's just Mariano is the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's about it. Because they're all kind of loving the or leveling these petty complaints against him about stealing gnomes and money mm-hmm. that he returned. <laughs> and he and she decides to throw out something ridiculous like controlling the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and committing the worst treason of all, writing the screenplay to glitter. Yeah. Or does she mean that he? Could it mean okay? Consider it this way. Mm. So, saying that someone controls the weather, the weather's not always bad. Sometimes it's pretty all right. Except for this morning because it was snowing in April. But (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's sunny, like it's supposed to be in a couple days. But if you think about her saying he controls the weather, 
I think in part she could be pointing out how much power everyone is giving him right in that moment Mm. because they were so focused on this single teenage kid who has done just minimal pranks and kind of critiquing their obsession with this single person. I don't think that really matches with glitter. I think that was just an insult, but I think... (laughs) That's something to know, like, yeah, they were so focused on his actions, and he's a 17-year-old kid, like, come on. Yeah, I think, too, to add to that, like, it was clearly stated by Lorelai, because she was like, this is a witch hunt, like, nobody's going to change their Mm -hmm. minds about it, and I'm just going to throw this ridiculous, (laughs) like, comparison out, and no one's going to even say anything or question it, because they're just, (laughs) like, so hyper-focused on blaming Mm -hmm. Jess for everything, that it's like, well, yeah, he wrote the screenplay to Glitter, and everyone's like, shut up, whatever. Ah." (laughs) Or they're like, yeah, he did that, go on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like a mob, if you just pull out the pitchforks and torches and add <laughs> glitter to your torches. That would be terrible, honestly. Pretty. <laughs> there you go. Let's go hunt him down and try and find him. Oh. Poor Jess. <laughs> poor Jess. But not that poor Jess. You'll get to know him well, Hannah. <laughs> we hope so. Jimmy Mariano live here. Do you owe you money? No, I'm his... Jess? I'm Jess? So, uh, Taylor and Hannah, is that our show? That's our show! That's our show. Whoa! What do you know? Did it again. Another great success. Episode 32, right? 32? Yeah, 32. We're the age of Lorelai when she gave birth... I mean, (laughs) when... (laughs) Not when she gave birth... But when the show starts. <laughs> hey, there you go. Always a way to bring it back to I feel girls. honored. And I don't know if you guys listen to Armchair Expert. I don't. Uh, Dak Shepard's podcast. Oh, I've heard of it. Lauren him. Graham is on there today. <gasps> that is like, the her, his special guest is Lauren Graham. And so I was listening to it before I came on here. Nice. Oh, I'll have to listen yeah. to that. I've it's great. heard good things about his show. I just haven't listened to it yet. It is really cool. Like, they go into celebrity kind of topics, but it's more so, like, focusing on the mistakes they've made and kind of what they've learned from that. Mm. And it's really just, like, open and honest. And I love Kristen Bell. She's on that. Yes, and then I love her. They have Ellen DeGeneres, and he's had Zach Braff, and he, he just is amazing. So it's so much fun. So it seems like maybe Mariah Carey should go on and talk <laughs> about her mistake. Lucky. Yeah, the G word. <laughs> uh, yeah. That seems to be a podcast type that has been coming up a lot is celebrities hosting their own shows and interviewing fellow celebrities. Right. Because only is, they have that access. It's so frustrating because, like, I don't want to support them because I'm like, dang it. <laughs> I, why, why can't I do that? But on this, at the same time, I'm like, this is so fascinating. I'm yeah. so interested. And especially him and Kristen Bell, I just love them. So it's, like, hard not to be like, yay, good for you. Because yeah. especially with Dax, like, he's constantly being told, like, I love your wife. Like, your wife is amazing. <laughs> your wife's work so good. And he's like, cool. So I kind of am happy for him. Yeah. Yeah, Kristen Bell, have you been watching The Good Place? Yes, I love it so much. I laugh out loud. To That is one of the, like... Season one and two of Jane the Virgin, I laughed out loud to consistently. Mm. And then The Good Place is now my new show that I get to laugh out loud to. I'm so happy. (laughs) I am a big Mike Shore fan. So anything he creates, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Office, Parks and Rec, I'll watch everything he ever makes. Oh, I didn't know the creator of The Good Place created The Office. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he didn't, he wasn't, I don't think he was the creator on that, but he definitely worked on it. And then Mm -hmm. he, I don't know if you, how much you've seen of The Office. Oh yeah, all of it. Moe's, Cousin Moe's, that's him. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I love when directors also act in their own movies because it seems like they are some of the funniest characters. (laughs) 
Absolutely. I was just reading a Rolling Stone article about the dinner party episode of The Office. I saw and, like, that. How great it was. Trending today. Oh, so so good. Such a good read. Okay. Oh. I did actually literally add that to my pocket list. I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. <laughs> it's a good read. It's so good. Anyway, sorry, I totally got distracted. You are no, totally. I fine. encouraged it. Kana, if our listeners wanted to check out Film Roast, how would they do that? Oh my gosh. Great question. Well, <laughs> if you want to listen to Film Roast, you can search us anywhere podcasts are found. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Film Roast Show, or you can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Film Roast. So many different options. Yes. Woohoo! <laughs> and if you want to find us, hopefully you've already found us as you are listening, <laughs> and otherwise I'd be very confused about how this is happening in your ears right now. But if you want to follow up with us further, you can find us at So It's a Show on Twitter, So It's a Show at gmail.com, tinyletter.com slash So It's a Show if you want to join our little email list. Yeah, get all the gifts. Woohoo, lots of gifts. <laughs> and you can find me personally at tblake24 on Twitter. And I'm at Kyla Kahnedu. That's K-Y-L-A-C-A-R-N-E-I-R-O. Yay! Woo. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. And if you guys agree with our, agree with us and basically all the other <laughs> critics in the world about glitter, then let us know. But if not, if you found a redeeming factor in it, please tweet at us. Send us an email. We want to know. We won't rewatch the movie to confirm, but we'll take your word for it. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for coming on, Hannah. I think this was the perfect episode for you to join us for. Yes, I feel so lucky. Thank you, guys, <laughs> for having me. It was a blast. Oh, Yay. Bad. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Here's a clip for our next step. I'm back. Kitchen. Okay, I couldn't make up my mind, so I got The Shining and Bringing Up Baby. Now, I know, you're thinking, one's a movie about a homicidal parent, and the other one's... Hello. Hi. Hi, Mom. <laughs>